to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains. From sea to shining sea, this is the host who loves it the most, Luke Throop here on another Magical Mindful Monday, friends. Getting this out just a little bit late, coming out just a little afternoon, Torch Report 267, looting, shooting, and losing faith. Wondering what happens when the progressives come face-to-face with the, real- the reality that they've created. It's interesting, you know, it's interesting. Christmas is over. Sort of. I mean, I hope you all had a very wonderful Christmas celebration with your family and friends, you know, and for many people, I know those who still have kids out of school and family in town. It it seems like this most wonderful time of the year. It often stretches out into an entire week or more of a family time of a fellowship and festive indulgences. And that's great. Enjoy it while it lasts. Soak up the good stuff. Bask in the relaxation. Allow yourself the little indulgence. Let you know, let not your heart be troubled, friends. It is cold outside. Baby, it's cold outside. But the days are getting longer and summer is coming. <laughs> it's never too early to look ahead, right? The good days are, uh, there are good days ahead of us, friends. And I just want to recommend keeping that in mind at all times. Optimism gratitude and a positive perspective. These are the seeds of mental and emotional resilience. Let your grit and tenacity and determination be galvanized by the very real challenges that lie ahead. You know, don't, don't think it's going to be easy, but don't let the enemy steal your joy either. Does that make sense what I'm saying? You know, like here we are, we've got this time, a little bit of downtime and we're regrouping, getting ready for the next year and what lies ahead and all that kind of stuff. And just like the soldiers singing the Christmas truce, you know, we can tap into something positive regardless of the circumstance. So, yes, the commies are taking over the world. Yes, we have rampant uh, political corruption and on and on and on. on. Yes, this is all happening. But let's face it, you know, for most of us, life is still pretty damn comfortable. And as you know, being comfortable, that's both a blessing and a curse, right? Right. Enjoying a bountiful life of relative abundance, it brings the blessings of gratitude and simple pleasures. But it also, being comfortable, also pacifies and beckons us to preserve these creature comforts, even when our freedoms are being threatened by unchecked global tyranny. You know, we are in this state, festive state, and that's great that we should enjoy that. But at the same time, we must recall. Remember and remind ourselves, you know, to remain vigilant. We are under assault. We, as a people, as a nation, as Americans, we are being divided into bickering factions so that we may be conquered by a sly and cunning enemy. It is psychological warfare, uh, communist subversion. You know, this this is obvious to anyone, I think, who's not still drinking the Kool-Aid. But for the most part, the majority of people, if we're just real honest, you know, the majority of people, for the majority of people, the full weight of this reality that we're in and what we're up against, the Great Reset and all that, it hasn't even begun to sink in. And that's a major issue. The way that we're being divided so so cleverly, so craftily divided, you know, this is a major issue. If we no longer share values, if we no longer share cultural traditions, then there's nothing left to unite us. You know, a house divided against itself cannot stand. If we're bickering and squabbling and, and warring in our little political factions, and then the invisible hand of the global ball is out there enslaving us all in a great, you know, tech dystopian globalist socialist surveillance hell, then, you know, what? We're going to lose. And we're not even going to realize that we're losing until it's too late. And so we must sound the alarm. 
The foundation of our culture has been crumbling for decades. And, you know, with every minute fissure is being relentlessly exploited by all the leftist quacks out there who are hell bent on destroying every aspect of our existing society in order to foment their own Marxist fantasies. That's what's happening right now. And again, it's been going on for years and years and years. And this enduring culture war. It, this this is it, it's the long drawn out prequel to the violent communist revolution. Okay, it is Marxism, it is communism, it is socialism. I don't care what label you use; it's all the collectivism. It's the infectious mental collective uh, coll- mental disease of collectivism, the hive mind. You know, the first step in this violent revolution. Of course, if they can win without firing a shot, they will. But the communist revolution calls for violence. And and we're, again, the culture war is the prequel to that. As we've discussed at length, you know, the first step is for the commies to build a coalition of crazies in order to win the battle of democracy. Because once they've conned the majority of useful idiots into mindlessly voting for their own demise, i.e. sacrificing their self-sovereignty and freedom for the illusion of safety, once they've done that, once the commies have done that, straight up commie psychological warfare here, then they, then they have cemented the mob rule. Once they've got the, the mob where they want the mob, they can use that mob rule then t- to impugn political imp- opposition. They can abuse the rebels who resist their tyranny. They can pillage the populace to enrich their own collective psychosis, and they can do this all in the name of democracy, all in the name of the greater good. And friends, we are fast approaching this point right now. If we're not, not there already, that's, I mean, we're, we're right on the doorstep. We are in an era now that uh, flagrant, felonious, and fraudulent elections have become commonplace. You know, this, now that we're here, you know, and the mob's going to run, it's going to have to run its course, friends. We can't, if we don't have uh, election integrity, which we do not, and the whole thing with Carrie Lake, uh, very strong case put out there and, of course, dismissed by the courts, just like J6 was dismissed by the courts. There's, there's all these checks and balances in power that have been completely uh, disregarded, thrown out the window, and the, the, Corrupt political establishment is running roughshod over the will of the American people, as as it has been voiced in numerous elections at this point. And not only that, they're running roughshod over the constitutional uh, restrictions that should keep them in check. We're we're past that point. And at this point, the mob rule is going to rule, and they're it's going to have to run its course. And during this phase of the revolution, the cultural revolution, lawlessness abounds. You think about the billion-dollar shoplifting crime spree, you know, this big wave of crime shoplifting all across the country. You know, think about the senseless looting up in Buffalo, New York. Oh, my gosh, everybody's freezing to death. But then all these, you know, these opportunistic bastards are out there smashing in the windows and stealing from their local community stores. You know, how about the drug-infested homeless camps that are overrunning once beautiful cities? How about the BLM riots that destroyed billions of dollars in property damage, burnt down police precincts, you know, tortured, uh, you know, trampled down little old ladies? tortured innocent people. You know, how about the violent crime that is plaguing the nation? None of this is by accident. This is the mob rule. And it didn't just happen. Okay? It's been happening a long time coming. And you might recall the, you know, the big hubbub about defunding the police, right? Well, we got to get rid of the police because the police are racist. And okay, that was all part of the plan. 
unleash the criminals. Let the cartels and the human traffickers have their way with America. And the real threat, the real threat to America are all the violent right-wing extremists and all those racist, racist Christian insurrectionists, remember? You know, anyone who wants to make America great again is now categorically demeaned and treated as a domestic terrorist. This is where we're at right now. It is insane. It's unimaginable. It's absurd. It's ludicrous. It's outrageous. Preposterous. Luke, how the hell could this be happening? I don't know, friends, but it's happening. We cannot deny what is right in front of our eyes. And... It's, you know, it's happening in big cities. It's happening in small towns all across the country. The ideological subversion, the commie tactics, you know, and though many people are wise to the fact that something is dreadfully wrong here, very few people realize that this is all part of the much larger plot. Again, you know, the, the sequential steps of a communist revolution, winning the battle of democracy. What do we thought we talk about? All oh, the battle of democracy, the battle of democracy is all over the place right now. But what it really is, is a systematic destruction of the American way of life. It's the systematic destruction of the America that we love. Have you noticed how many people no longer love the country of their birth? Isn't it bizarre? I mean, recent polling indicates that as many as 55% of millennials are considering moving to another country. And while it may be tempting to say goodbye and good riddance, and don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out, this is, in fact, a disturbing trend, my friends. It signifies the institutionally conditioned disenchantment that threatens to end our nation once and for all. And I want to get into this just a little bit here. I want to, I'm going to share with you a, a bitter, cynical, despicable poem written by one of these disenchanted millennials. I, I think it captures the ethos of this anti-American movement. So bear with me here and try not to you know, retch or gag or puke. I'm just going to read it as it was written. And it says here, quote, I'm stuck in this nightmare called the American dream. I'm having sleep paralysis, shaking yet stuck struggling to wake up from this treacherous dream. It feels really cold and lonely here. Cold metals and hot concrete, hot concrete, artificial everything. Everything is toxic. The air filled with chemtrails, the water filled with chemicals, the land filled with toxins, the water bodies filled with mercury, the plants coated in pesticides, the animals filled with antibiotics, black blood spilling in the streets. Oh, what a dream, the American dream. Fuck this progressive dream. I'm forever anxious in this dream state. It feels like I was sold a dream. A dream that came with so much debt, never affording your true, lasting happiness. Pimping consumerism, powered by sugar. I'm stuck in a rat race, running, running, running to make a dollar. Just so Uncle Sam can holla. Shit, I stay working for more zeros so maybe I can be some type of hero. So maybe I can buy some more stuff to fill this void. What am I doing in this dream? Somebody please wake me up because this can't be real life. Fuck the American dream. Death to the American dream. How fucking poetic. Please pardon the French, friends. You know, reality often hurts. And that is a, you know, that is a great, in, it's poor poetry. 
Okay, but it was a great insight into the way that these people are thinking. This poor, confused soul would be better served by seeing a psychiatrist than skipping the country. But honestly, having one less useful idiot around, you know, that's not going to hurt my feelings, but that's not really the issue here. The issue here is that there are many, many young Americans who share this same perspective. This is what they believe. Everything is toxic and filled with chemicals and, and America's destroying the planet. Okay, this is what they believe. This is what they've been conditioned to believe. Because this level of disenchantment unravels the very fabric of our society. If somebody writes a poem like that and believes that, they're going to leave America. They're never going to stand up and fight for America. They're never going to stand up and, and defend America, uh, not verbally or physically or otherwise. They're just not going to do it. No, they're going to be part of the problem. They're going to be part of the demise of the American dream. They don't believe in it anymore. They will not fight for American values. They will not make a stand for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They don't share the cultural values of grit, tenacity, and self-determination, honesty, and hard work. Man, you know, they be damned. It's free. Gimme, gimme, gimme. You know, free health care, free education, free everything. Now, people like this obviously have no functional concept of the American dream. So what they've been taught is the American dream. So when they're saying F the American dream and death to the American dream, you know, they're, they're, they're talking out of a, a psychosis. They don't, they don't know what they're saying here because they believe things like I put this little uh, from that article. I had the poem. I put a uh, shot here of a graphic they had. Friends, if you're listening on a podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, et cetera, know that you, you can only get all the goodies if you go to thetorchreport.com. At thetorchreport.com right now, you would be looking at this nifty little graphic that says racism is so American that when you protest it, people think you are protesting America. And they think they're being witty and they think they're being funny and they think they're being snarky. And here's the thing, you know, these morons, you know, generationally speaking, uh, these indoctrinated, useful idiots make up the majority of the population. People like the person who wrote that poem, people who share this kind of propaganda about racism and, and protesting racism is like protesting America, all that. They're the majority. Remember how the majority of people voted to, for Hillary Clinton? Yeah, that majority. But you look at that. Put again, put the little uh, link in the report here, a little graphic that shows the vast majority of people uh, are in that younger generation. And to be fair, it, it should go without saying, but I just want to be real clear here. Not everyone in the younger generation is a woke minion. That's not true any more than everyone in the older generation is a staunch con constitutionalist. We just know that uh, on both, it's, it's far from true on either end. It's, it's a mix and a mingle. And how these trends carry with them, however, I should say, uh, these trends, the younger generations carry with them the subconscious biases of institutional conditioning, which is why there are so many angry, disturbed, disgruntled young people committing suicide right now. It doesn't make sense. We live in a land of abundance and they've got everything they ever wanted, cradle to grave entitlements and all and on and on. And yet youth suicide is an epidemic, up a shocking 56% in the last 15 years. More teenagers and young adults die from suicide than from cancer, heart disease, AIDS, birth defects, stroke, pneumonia, influenza, and COVID combined. Why is that happening? Why? And simply put, these youth, and not just youth, but young Americans, you know, middle-aged Americans, so many people have lost faith in the goodness of life. 
They don't know what to think or who to trust or what to believe. Everything is so mixed up and turned upside down. To them, the future seems hopeless. We're destroying the planet. Okay, they have no cultural roots. Everything that was once good, like Christmas, you know, this whole war on Christmas, now it's it's become a symbol of racist, white supremacist, Christian oppression. Holy smokes, you know, everything good is now bad. In their darkened minds, snow has become black. My friends, the tradition transition it is complete for many people. You know, it's complete. You're never going to convince them now that snow is not black. You're never going to convince them now that humanity is not destroying the planet, even though you could point to the science and the logical facts that indicate that. But where do we go from here at this place where so many people are so disturbed, so disenchanted, disenfranchised, so many people have lost faith in the American dream? What do we do? How do we get past this point? And the answer is, friends, we have to come together. We have to pull together. We have to work together. We have to grow together. We have to stand together or else we'll surely fall together. Friends, there have been over 100 attacks on the power grid this year with four more substations being attacked in Washington State over the Christmas weekend. People losing power uh, right in the middle of a cold storm, right? If the power went out in your neighborhood, who would you turn to for help? You understand what I'm saying here? We have to come together. How do we get beyond this? Who would you turn to for help? How about all the mysterious attacks on the food supply chain? We haven't talked about that in a month or two, but, you know, hundreds, grain facilities, you know, going up on, you know, processing plants and airplanes crashing into things and all this. You know, Joe Biden said the food shortages are going to be real. You know, the, the, the global cabal wants to take control of the means of production and consumption, all of that. When that happens, if the food shortages are real, who will you turn to for help? Imagine the government starting to institute climate lockdowns. This is actually happening where authorities are putting up roadblocks to restrict people's travel. Uh, you can only travel for state sanctioned excursion. You only get 100 uh, days a year that you can go more than 100 miles or whatever. This kind of crap is happening. They're, they're putting this pilot out in, in, in the UK right now. How would you make a stand against this sort of tyranny? If the government here locally started doing that, how would you make a stand against that? Most importantly, who would you stand with? You see what I'm talking about here? You know, we have to stand together. We have to come together. We have to work together. We have to grow together. We have to stand together. You know, the Great Reset, my friends, is far from over. We have to be thinking long term. They're already planning out 2050. But do not lose faith. Do not lose faith that the American dream is still alive and well. The American dream may be on its heels, but the American spirit is very much alive and well. Give me liberty or give me death. I will live free or die because that is the battle cry of the American spirit. The enemy is working night and day to sow division, to divide and conquer us all, to divide we the people into warring political factions. Yet we can overcome this by intentionally knitting the social fabric by inviting our neighbors over to join us for food, fun, and fellowship. This is how we can stitch together our team to shore up our side, the right side of history. In this way, in these simple little ways, building those connections, we can begin to build resistance to tyranny one relationship at a time. 
We can strengthen our communities. We can gain allies. We can spark hope and fan the flames of freedom. We can organize and mobilize for practical political impact at the local level. We can take back our schools and our city councils and our way of life at the local level. We can do all of this and more as we ready ourselves for the cultural battles ahead. My friends, that is the message of my heart for today. Stay wise. We're on a bumpy road, but the best days are still ahead of us, and that's a good reason to get together and celebrate. So... If you are enjoying this podcast, friends, please take the time, find the little heart, click the little heart, and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. Don't forget you can join the Patriot Club for as little as $7 a month to help support this publication. And above all else, the greatest honor of all would be if you shared this podcast with your friends while you're hanging out, with your family while you're hanging out. Better yet, share it with everyone you know. My friends, get out there and embrace this magical Mindful Monday, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. 